Talk of the Town with topics that matter. Here's Lisa Kay. We are back on Talk of the Town. My name is Lisa Kay on a finally Friday. Paul Peterson, District 77 Superintendent in with me. You are busy, busy, busy. I can't believe you're here today. I can't. I was waiting for like a, he can't make it today. <laughs> hey, second week of school, we are off and running and um, busy for sure, but everybody's busy and Got to get in and talk about all things happening within the school district. All right. And we are going to talk about all the things, Paul. So you <laughs> you buckle in because I got some questions for you that I know people are going to want me to ask. Here we go. I will, but we're going to start with this referendum um, because oh, sure. there's a school facilities bond vote coming up Tuesday, November 7th. Talk a little bit. We've talked on the show about this before, but um, as we've moved forward now, where are we on that process of, is it educating the community? Right. That's where we're at. It's it's called our referendum information plan. That was activated once the board in August decided to go forward. RIP. There you go. RIP. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Maybe we need a new name. Rethink your life choices there. <laughs> so the board uh, decided in August to, to move forward with a two-question referendum that will be in front of voters on November 7th. People can start to think about this. And now that Minnesota is an early voting state, people can start voting next Friday, September 22nd. Already? First day of voting, early voting at the Blue Earth County Historic uh, Courthouse. Um, for all 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 school district residents um, eligible to vote, that um, people can get it done ahead of time. But anyway, two-question referendum. First question, $105 million, That really addresses safety, security, early learning, and preschool and then uh, getting after the first phase of remodeling West. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then question two is really about our co-curricular uh, outside facilities, the two stadiums at West and East, um, looking at expanding our tracks, the bleachers, um, putting in stadium turf, lights, really improving that experience, not just for varsity athletics, but we're really hoping that whether it's fiat or community use, youth youth activities on the weekends, um, on off, off times, can really provide the school district can't do everything, but we do feel like we can be a part of solutions around our community about access to good spaces and not just with sports, but like um, like with childcare or with right. early learning preschool things. So we've been out and about for the last three weeks now talking with community organizations, individuals, sharing information about what the project is, why the board is going out for it now, what the tax impact is. And um, voters will have a chance to chime in November 7th. There are a couple of dates that we want to talk about because if people have questions or want to learn a little bit more about it, you've set up some kind of community information sessions that we should invite folks to. We do. So we have three uh, formal sessions that all community members, one will be at West, one will be virtual, and one will be at East. Those start next week as well. Um, On September 19th, we'll have our first one over at West High School. Um, And it will be an opportunity for anybody to hear the story. uh, What is the why behind the referendum? Mm -hmm. People to have the opportunity to ask questions. We also have built out quite a web page on our ISD 77 site that goes through all of the details, including having a tax calculator on there where people can put in their property and get um, their estimated property value and then what the tax impact would be either on their home their business, or their egg land. Right, right. With everything going up and up and up, mm-hmm. are you surprised at the amount of support that you have going on early? Because I did hear that there's quite a bit of support for this this uh, to pass. Yeah, you know, I, I think it, there's always, I think boards and, and district leaders always need to be really sensitive to the fact that schools, school funding, public school funding comes from taxpayers, but that's not the only thing that taxpayers are funding. Mm-hmm. They're, they're funding their cities and their counties and their state and, and then the national and so um, 
I think I would be surprised if there wasn't such a tradition of people within our community understanding that strong public schools are just a necessity to continue to attract families, workers, um, good neighbors. I mean, just it, it all kind of comes together. The word that we've been using so many times is just the interdependency of our region right. requires strong businesses, strong uh, health care and strong public schools, strong daycare. I mean, all, all of those things coming together to make this a quality place to raise a family and have a job and, and enjoy life. All right. So more information we can find about this prior to the meeting coming up on Tuesday, September 19th is where? Yeah, it's isd77.org. And we've got a vote 2023 tab right there on the front page. And, um, and if there's ever anything on there that people think they're going to see, but it's not on there, we are, we'll be continuing to add more information on that site. The goal of the school district is to share information for the next month and a half so people feel really informed before they vote. Right. The, um, the board and, and our district's role is to make sure that we're kicking this ball down the middle of the field and we're not um, working in advocacy work. The advocacy work, you know, people wanting to vote yes or, or maybe oppose it, those are for private individuals to decide, you know, how they want to either support or oppose. Our role now is just to make sure that people have that information in front of them so they know what uh, what they're voting on. Right, right. Uh, so make sure to visit those. We'll put those links down below on the show notes here. Uh, as we move forward, I guess you, I had Susan Arntz, the city of Mankato manager, in to talk a little bit. We talked a lot bit, actually, about <laughs> SROs on sure. Talk of the Town just most recently. And I said, well, Paul's coming in on Friday. So um, we know from the city standpoint, the school resource officers uh, opinion on this. We know mm-hmm. the city's opinion on this, and it, it really reflects uh, a collaborative effort with mm-hmm. the school board and the school systems right. here. Um, we want the SROs back in schools. I mean... Hard stop. Yeah, that's it, right? Do we need to go any further? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that you... I think you hit it. I think that um, when it comes to the safety of our kids, our staff, and our buildings... Uh, our relationship with public safety, that is our closest partnership when it comes to safety, security of, of schools. And so in partnership, you do those things together. And our city partners, the Department of Public Safety, um, city manager, we have been in, in talks with them almost constant um, since the start of the school year mm-hmm. about the work that we can do as a school system to support them as they seek the clarifications that are needed that they believe are needed so they feel comfortable, the officers are protected, and um, at the end of the day, we're returning law enforcement services back to our schools. And so I, I appreciate the fact that we all have that same goal mm-hmm. and that we aren't um, sitting across the table from each other pointing fingers saying, well, you should do this, and well, why don't you all do this? We're really working together through a, I mean, it's really, it's unfortunate. We've, you know, we're, we're only week two into the school year, and we're seeing the effects of not having SROs. Not that SROs are the be-all, end-all, but 90% of their work in schools is building positive relationships right. with kids, with families, with staff. The 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 presence, the positive presence of um, public safety in schools, you just can't, you, sometimes you can't quantify that. Right. But you know it when it's not there. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're cautiously optimistic. We've met earlier this week. We met Wednesday. We met yesterday. And I think that we are um, we are making progress in developing an interim plan 
to that would ultimately return law enforcement services back into our schools. Right, because ultimately, I mean, and people need to understand this, the language that's in the legislature right now is really unclear for the officers. Mm -hmm. And so they're asking for clarification on that. And that's not necessarily going to happen without a special session called by the governor. So am I getting that right? Oh, I think you've got it. And, and I think that, you know, whether it was a week ago or 10 days ago, maybe there was a little optimism or hope that that might happen where it would be a quick in and out special session. I don't think that we're thinking that now. Right. And so we understand that the legislature will be back in session, you know, in early 2024. I'm sure this will be on their list Mm -hmm. of things to do, but what we need to do now here in Mankato and what we are working on and what I think that we're again, making progress on is an interim plan um, prior to those clarifications being made. So we can um, come to an agreement and get officers of law enforcement services back into Mankato schools to do the good work that uh, they've been doing for many, many years. Put your seatbelt on because I'm about to ask the question. Bring it. How does that affect some of the news that we've been seeing locally with some of the fights that have occurred, even though we've only been in school for a couple of weeks, there was a rather large altercation uh, at one of the schools and then um, some other events mm-hmm. that have happened uh, where people, public, uh, maybe even if you're listening out there, have said, well, why not? Da, 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 da. And right. I, I always say, like, let's just take a pause because we're not in there on the front lines doing that work. So we don't know. Um, how do they affect fights, things like things that happen in school? And I understand in my talks with Susan that the the SRO's main goal in school and their, their main job is hardly ever to use yeah. physical force with anybody. Mm-hmm. I think I think some people are surprised. We just take them, blow it out of proportion, right? Yeah. Like I, I feel like that's what happened. Off, so, so people sometimes are surprised when they hear superintendents and principals and even teachers say, um, "SROs actually don't break up fights. Mm-hmm. Fights are broken up by school officials, principals, teachers, um, other kids." Um, I guess up, there's not a class when you go to be a teacher on how to break up a fight. No, but like, no, <laughs> but 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 um, an SRO. There's a you know quite a quite a dust up over at East a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've said numerous times is, if the SRO would have been at East that day, um, there is no way that our officer would have prevented that fight from occurring. That fight was going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, those kids had brought in an issue that they were they were working through over the summer, and obviously there was there was some unresolved things that right. needed to. to that, that they believe needed to be um, worked through um, through physical contact. So the SRO would not have prevented that fight. But what would have happened, and what I think it really does illustrate, is that the SRO would have been the first public safety official on that scene, mm-hmm. in that school on that scene. Okay. They could have, they would have assessed the situation, um, understood what level of backup, if any, mm-hmm. was needed, they would have been the one radioing in to their colleagues at the Department of Public Safety. Mm-hmm. And then an appropriate response from if there would have needed to be an outside response, right. they would have made that call. Without having a trained SRO in that space, um, those calls are being made down to our local public safety partners by school staff members. right? And when that happens with very little context and very little, you know, they're, they're just not trained to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you can either get an under response or an over response. Right. Um, and, and that's, that's where the relationship and the partnership is just so important. Mm-hmm. Um, de-escalation would have happened faster. Um, it's, we still would be working through in right. the school investigating what happened, who's involved, what is going to be the consequence, um, any sort of a fight, but especially a fight like that, that got pretty intense, pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully we've got really strong student conduct policies. Our discipline can range from telling kids to knock it off all the way up to expulsion. And I can tell you that for the kids involved in that fight, mm-hmm. we are much farther into the the more severe consequences. Sure. Because we have an obligation to not only keep kids safe in school, but make sure that it's a safe and welcoming and inclusive environment. Mm-hmm. And we can't have other kids going to school in a space where they feel like things like that are either going to happen mm-hmm. or allowed. And we're, we're working through that. We have a lot of people. I mean, that was a week ago, and we're, we're still working through some of the, the final details on that. But we'll be providing our board with an update at their next board meeting. Um to just make sure that they're comfortable and confident in the approach that our school takes uh, when you've got a really serious fight like that. And, and um, we take it really seriously. Right. I know that that's not the only thing that you've had to contend with in the past couple of weeks. There have been some soft lockdowns or secure mm-hmm. times mm-hmm. with things going on, not in the school, but near enough to the school where you do take those things very seriously. Yeah. And again, that's where that partnership with public safety is so important. There was an incident near east it wasn't at east but there was a an Mm -hmm. an incident in in a neighborhood near east and so when that information comes in we've got to make sure we're following our safety protocols but then also messaging that out to families to staff and to kids to say this is this is the the action that we needed to take here's the why and then of course once that's over making sure people know that we can return back to normal operations that's not we're not doing that every single day within a system no I think the challenge over um, in our high school last week was, you know, there there was first an outside incident that yeah. required a secure, and then there was something inside the school. Mm-hmm. And so within just a matter of three days, um, we had quite a bit of practice in, in instituting some emergency protocols. Boy, you were drinking from the fire hose in the last couple of weeks with things going on, I suppose. Um, yeah. But I know that everybody that is there is doing their very best and always look forward to being able to talk about this with you. So thank you for letting me ask you those questions. Absolutely. That's always good to hear directly from you. Paul Peterson, District 77 Superintendent in studio for Talk of the Town today. Uh, we've talked SROs. We have talked um, some of the the altercations that have happened in the school in the past couple of weeks. I can only imagine that when, you know, as a parent, I received those uh, communications from the school district about things happening. And, uh, you know, I did get that. I'm going to look at you and go, I I did get that like, oh, should I text my kid there and find out what's going on? And (laughs) there's this whole cell phone thing that's going on too, uh, where the school board has decided to, to make some calls figuratively, on that and and say that the cell phones are not going to be allowed in mm-hmm. schools the way that they have been in the past. So I asked my junior high kid, how's that going? She said, oh, people are freaking out. The older kid had some more colorful words for me about <laughs> the people that are freaking out, saying it's not that big of a deal you know, if, for the group that he hangs with in the high school. Um, so it kind of runs the gamut yeah. of everything. But talk about the phones, the cell phone policy sure. now in schools this year. Um, you know, so cell phones have i mean they're they're incredibly useful we all not every single person on the planet but a whole lot of us have these have these very portable computers and this information um access with us 24 hours a day 
And so for all of the benefits and the, the positive things that a technology like that has done for us, um, we have absolutely in the school settings seen that that um, has, has become such a distraction to the learning environment, to the instructional day. Um, and while, you know, it's been, a, it's been a couple decades now where people have been walking around with these. Sure. And the, the way that it has just altered how people interact with each other and people's attention span, mm-hmm. um, I think that we hit a boiling point last year where the levels of distraction in classes where teachers and students trying to get after some really, um, really rich and exciting and, and um, motivating material to compete with yeah. all of the things that that walking, com- that portable computer, that, that cell phone does. Mm-hmm. Um, it really got to the point where I think our, our staff, our parents, administrators um, had, had seen enough and really advocated to our board that, while there is always maybe a time, place, and manner for things to be used, we we had gotten too loose within our system, and it was time to tighten it up. Right. And so the board did, and we now have a policy that then turns into the practices within our schools. K five, I mean, you don't have you don't have a lot of K one kids. Yeah. yeah, not so much. You know, a few maybe fourth, fifth graders, but certainly at the middle school level and at the high school level, it has been a change because at the middle school, grade six through eight. Mm-hmm. The whole instructional day, from the first period until the end of the day, phones are not to be used. Whether it's in class, passing times, during lunch, um, phones out of sight, don't want to hear them, don't want to. Um, and, and then there are consequences, you know, everything from reminders. So, not even at lunch or anything. I mean, they're really supposed to be put away or? At, in, in the middle school, they're put away all day long. Okay. High school, um, there's a little bit more flexibility with, with kids as they continue to. Try to you know learn learn what it means to be a you know as a, a, a grown up more right? independent yeah. and all of that. <laughs> Phones are allowed during passing times and during lunch. Okay, um, but it's uh, it it's a uh, it and we're two week you know we're two weeks in right and and so is we'll, it going okay or is it have you had any issues? You know, the, there were a couple questions early on from parents, um, and when I say a couple, I mean just a couple about mm-hmm. well, what if I need to get a hold of my kid. Then call the school. Right. You know, and, and so I mean, do you remember, uh, you and I probably remember this, like we couldn't, if we wanted to get a hold of our parents, we had to go to the office and say, I need to call my mom for mm-hmm. X, Y, Z, or, you know, somebody will come and get you, your parents on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that? Like, I, you know, we still existed. It still worked. Well, and I think that. You're you not know, going to die. I think <laughs> our, our school board and our leaders also understand that this, by simply just banning phones. Mm-hmm. Um, at, without some sort of a graduated, like more flexibility and independence as they get older. Right. We, we, we've always wanted to make sure that when kids, that when kids are in school, they're actually in the real world. It's not like if you turn off the real world to go to school and then once, once you leave school, okay, now I'm back to my reality. Right. I mean, so the reality is, is that cell phones, technology, um, laptops, um, Chromebooks, that's, it's all over. It's all over. It, I mean, the adults who are the, all of us adults now trying to implement new policy. I mean, we're, we're some of the worst. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, whether, you're not wrong. I wanted to text my kid. Is everything okay there? Yeah, it didn't. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So there's a, the, the, we'll continue to, to finesse that. Um, and I, I think that our teachers on the front line working with kids, 
kids respond to clear expectations. Right. I mean, clarity is king uh, when you're talking with kids. And so it's a matter of being consistent, making sure that kids know we mean what we say. And then, you know, if when we educate and then re-educate and, and if and that there will be natural or there will be consequences, not not anything overly severe, but within the academic setting of a school day, right? There are certain things that are allowed and not allowed. And here we go. We move yeah, forward. Right. I think it's going to be okay. Um, today's rain brought a little bit of change to the education day at the powwow that's yeah. happening. A fifty-first annual Makato Wachipi, the powwow. Can you believe it? And I know it's crazy, but they they kind of set aside this day to bring in the sixth graders um, from the district and and other areas to learn. Yeah, it's fan- it's unbelievable. It's so fantastic. So yeah, today's rain moved the education day inside. So this morning, uh, Dakota Meadows, this afternoon, Prairie Winds, sixth graders learning from um, indigenous uh, folks and culture from all around mm-hmm. um, the area. And it's just a it's an unbelievable partnership. Um, we value it so much. The powwow starting tonight and then running all weekend. What's so great is you see these sixth graders. I saw a bunch of them today. And some for some of them, kind of their first exposure. Yeah. Um, but hearing them in the hallways, again, we were inside as opposed to out at Land of Memories talking about, now when is that powwow this weekend? I mean, like mm-hmm. wanting to go back and see the all the, the regalia, whole thing, yeah. the whole um, experience. And for those of us who have been there, I mean, it is... It, it, it's it's one of the best weekends that we have yeah, every it's year. pretty incredible. And if you want to go tonight, by the way, um, the grand entry is 7 p.m. tonight, Saturday 1, 1 p.m. and 7 p.m., and then Sunday at 1 p.m. for the grand entries at Land of Memories Park. So I'm glad the kids are getting out there to do that. I'm glad that you're in your position doing what you do. I know it's not easy to come in here and answer all my questions. No, I appreciate parent, the opportunity. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll be looking forward to hearing more about Um, the school facilities bond vote that's coming up Tuesday, September 19th, the first meeting at Mankato West. You want to try to attend that one, 6 to 7.30 p.m. Otherwise, we'll have some other uh, dates that we'll be bringing you as they get a little bit closer. Paul Peterson, District 77 Superintendent. Always good to have you in. Thanks, Lisa.